All right. What's going on yet again, America Unplugged? Right here on Rockfin and everywhere else, you can find the show. What's up to the audio listeners? We appreciate all of you. And what's up to the live chatters? We appreciate you most. Thank you for being here. That's a lie. We appreciate all of you the same way. Okay. That's what we do here on America Unplugged. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Billy the Kid. What is going on? And it is another week of this wacky and crazy world in which we live in. The Lord saw, saw fit that we be here at this time. So, um... Let's uh, let's make the best of it and try to fulfill our destinies, ladies and gentlemen. We are missing one of the usual suspects, and he happens to be the really strong one. Uh, so we had to bring in three people to help us lift this thing all the way to the top. Tony Arterburn in here. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I know you're listening. What's going on? Safe travels to you. But the legendary Don Jeffries is here. What's going on, sir? Always great to be here. It's nice to have uh, so many distinguished guests here. Right. Guest panelists with us, so uh, we'll we'll look forward to this. And uh, I know there's uh, people on YouTube have been anxious, so uh, we'll get started. What's up, my anxious YouTube people? <laughs> yeah, I got I got to shout out the people that are there before the show even starts, right? Yes. Like they're just yep. there. They are. Yeah. <laughs> so what's up to you guys? I'll make sure I shout you out uh, next time, and and because uh, I didn't see this time because we were running a little bit behind. But we have some of my favorite people on with us today. I just decided, you know what? Let me reach out to everybody and see if they can come on. Mr. Guard Goldsmith is here. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Liberty Conspiracy himself. What is going on? Salutes to you, my friend. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry I'm a little stuffed up. I, I got more wildlife in my system than Noah had on the ark, my man. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. I feel like Rodney. Ooh, I'll tell you. Ooh, it's rough being me. <laughs> I'm telling you, you missed his calling, man. He should have been doing stand-up out here somewhere, doing impressions, man. Thank you for joining us, guard. Thanks, man. Uh, Mr. Wayne McCroy, our chemical tech revolution himself. How you doing, sir? Welcome back to America Unplugged. You know how much we love having you on. What's up, buddy? Good to be here, gentlemen. Always a splendid discussion when we all get together and do this thing. So a lot to discuss today, and we'll have to get into it. Guard, good to meet you, finally, officially. Uh, so here we go. This is our first time broadcasting together. So this will be fun. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Let's see. Let's see what develops. And of course, the Patriot Street fighter himself is here with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, Jacques Brisson. John Brisson. What's going on, Black Trump? How you doing? Thank you for joining us. Sir. I'm doing very well, young Kennedy. Uh, and uh, it's definitely glad to be back here on America Unplugged. Okay. It's really great to be of, among uh, distinguished 
uh, guests and uh, hosts as well. I respect each and every one of you on this panel. Uh, so it's definitely good to, to be here in these troubling times. Right, so. right, right. Oh, thank you. We, we are broadcasting live over on the PW Hustle channel. Uh, that's a wrestling channel. My man, Eight Track Brown, does reactions over there. If if you're not, uh, if you're sensitive, don't go over there because he doesn't give a damn. Um, so uh, we're, shout we're out to Eight Track and the Professor. We got right, to shout him out. So we're streaming over there. So what's up to everybody over at the PW Hustle World? Awesome. Okay, let's get into it. It is Bilderberg weekend. I want to get that out of the way now because it wasn't on our agenda, and uh, somebody brought it up. I, I forget which one of you, um, but I do want to talk about it because it is Bilderberg time it is that time of year you know uh don what's up is all right first of all what's going on this year at bilderberg i, I heard it's full of ai talk right uh for one yeah. but uh is this thing still relevant right it's it, and and what i'm trying to say is this right we remember area 51 right it was right. the thing like i'm like it was hidden nobody knew about it uh and now everybody knows about it so are they still carrying right. out alien autopsies or whatever <laughs> over there if that's what they were really doing in the first place right or did they yeah. find somewhere else to do it so the same thing with bilderberg i remember a time when bilderberg was off the mainstream it did not exist i remember that i am old enough to remember that they would just deny it and say it was a crazy conspiracy yeah. theory. yeah it does not exist it's not real why are you mentioning this this is stupid don't say dumb things like this. There's no proof of this. Now it's like the Bilderberg meetings are taking place today and, and, and they cover it all. You know, all these people are going, yeah, it's always happened since the 50s. It's been going on. Yeah, you see, you know, everybody knows, you know, uh, the, the mainstream, a history behind it. It's a thing now. So have they shifted is what I, I mean. If I was the New World Order, if I was running this thing, if I was David Rockefeller from the grave, who's probably still running this thing, right? If, if if I was him, I'd say, you know what, we're we're doing something else. Let them believe that that Bilderberg is the place where we run everything. Let them go protest. Let's go over there. Um, that's what I would do. But who knows? What's up, Don? Yeah, well, I think you know the, the Bilderberg group is, the, I think, the prima facie evidence that I used to use to people when I was, uh, you know, I, I was awake since the uh, the mid to late 1970s when I started the JFK assassination. So I was ranting and raving about a lot of the stuff back then, and of course. I didn't have very many people that even knew what the hell I was talking about long before the internet. But I used to talk about the Bilderberg group because I'd learned about them from uh, the spotlight, uh, which of course was smeared as anti-Semitic and driven driven into bankruptcy by the Anti-Defamation League Mm. and the Southern Poverty Law Center. And now they've been resurrected as American Free Press and they're responsible for most of my income. Uh, I write for them regularly. And, but they, you know, at, at the time, nobody else was talking about the Bilderberg and, and they had stories about it. They used to sneak big Jim Tucker, who was their reporter. And, and later Alex Jones, when he was doing a really good show, he would have big Jim Tucker on there all the time. They would film Jim Tucker and some of the other people going to Bilderberg and Alex would go have back when he was doing a good show, you know, he would have a remote, but that's the kind of stuff he could do. I don't, I don't think they barely mention it now, but uh, what's important is what you said is that everybody did used to say, Oh, you know, they just roll their eyes. Oh, they're sure. Just like Bohemian Grove. Oh yeah, sure. There's our leaders are going up in the you know the the the, the northern California woods and they're worshiping a giant <laughs> owl. Sure, right, sure, buddy. What are you smoking? You know that kind of stuff. So, and I think that's what's important is 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 gatherings like Bilderberg and Bohemian Grove prove the point that there's some kind of conspiracy elite, you know, conspirators. Because why else? I mean, to say that the the heads of uh, major heads of state all over the world the heads of the biggest corporations all over the world. This is an international thing. The Bilderberg is, 
um, big media people who have always attended these things, but they have to swear to secrecy. And can you imagine? These are the same people that would risk life and limb and get killed, you know, some stupid uh, celebrity wedding or something to try to, you know, I've got to get a picture of this. We've got to cover it. You can't deny us. But something like this, the, the most powerful people in the world are meeting in absolute secrecy. And until Jim Tucker snuck in yeah. there, that's when he first started proving he deserves credit for it. Because yeah. he somehow, that old guy got in there, snuck in, and he always got their membership list and the spotlight would publish it so you knew who and what their agenda was. And so uh, clearly it's kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're, they probably are talking a lot of AI now because that's, you know, that's the thing, I guess, that they're really pushing. But it's very important to remember that they once, just like Area 51, remember they said that didn't exist either. And eventually, right. okay, it exists, but it's no big deal. So, <laughs> so we were right, right? Can you at least say we were right saying it existed? Because you said we were crazy that it didn't exist. So it does exist. And now you're saying, well, you know, it's like the vaccine. Well, the vaccine, of course, it's going to, well, no, actually, it just makes the symptoms better. It's mm -hmm. the same kind of thing. You're backing away. So we were right. People, the, the, the top leaders all around the world in business and government and in royalty, they've had royalty that have attended the Bilderberg uh, uh, meetings. They meet in absolute secrecy to, according to you, to discuss nothing of significance. So I would argue that they are discussing something of significance. They're probably preparing the minutes for the nefarious stuff they're going to plan to do for the next of the year. And I guess they they bone up and on it in uh, Bohemian Grove in July, and that'll be more of an American thing. But uh, you now these things, I mean, anybody that thinks conspiracy, conspiracies don't exist, this is not the Elks Lodge. This is not the Moose Lodge. These are people that are the elite all over the world. They're getting together. They're meeting in secrecy. Now, as you say, they kind of, people know, they've had it in Chantilly, Virginia, in my county a couple times right. uh, over here at hotels. But they still don't let people in. And even when you get the membership list out, if any media reports it, it's just, just kind of poke fun at us. But they're, they're, there's no, you know, media that's going to say, wow, I mean, I don't, I don't Tucker Carlson or anybody. No, no, they never touched things like that. So, uh, but this is, this is our world here. And this is, we are, we're right. And we deserve a, a pat on the back that, uh, hey, you know, somebody like me, I was saying it from the early eighties on when I first read about it in the spotlight. I said, can you believe this meeting's taking place? And people looked at me like I was from outer space and that eventually more and more people, Alex Jones opened the eyes to more people about it, but now they're real. It's just of no significance. All right. Right. So do you think it's actually of no significance? What, what do you think is going on there? And then we're going to go to guard. No, I'm being sarcastic. I mean, you know, they say it's it's just like uh, Bohemian Grove. It's just they just go to relax there. No mm -hmm. women around, and they you know, they do they do uh, bring uh, gay porn stars in, but it's just, <laughs> just to relax. I mean, that's what we all do, right? Oh, and uh, so uh, that kind of thing. And they they don't want bathrooms because they want to pee on the giant redwood trees. I mean, I, you know, that's, I don't know. I guess it's more of their weird symbolism or something. But uh, and Walter Cronkite had to be the voice of the owl and the mm -hmm. cremation of Carousel. So who else would you have there? You know. Who else could you have? James just, Earl Jones. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I guess he wasn't available or something. But, <laughs> but, uh, but they, uh, but again, the Bilderberg. Yes, yeah, something. I, I think something of significance is going on, and um, you know, I'm not sitting in there, but I, I would guess they're probably uh, maybe uh, you know high fiving each other or how successful <laughs> their plans have been because they've got us uh, so dumbed down and dying off that the eugenicists are certainly ecstatic and the AI makes their next step where they're trying to merge with AI and get their version of immortality and uh, eliminate the rest of us.
Absolutely. Mr. Guard Goldsmith, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, Billy Ray, I don't understand why people are so upset about people doing a, you know, a Build-A-Bear conference. I, what's the problem? <laughs> like, you know, you got the Rockefeller bear. It's stuffed with money. You know, oh. central bank notes. It's cool. Everything's yeah. fine. It's like you know, and, and the whole thing about the Bohemian Grove, it's just a <laughs> bunch of guys. You know what would be great is if they if they had gotten uh, Gilbert Gottfried to do the voice of the owl. Oh, Aflac yeah. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> everybody be like whoa what's going on just to screw with them you know just go in yeah. and plant all sorts of stuff in there they're bringing a bunch of drones actually they should do that now people should just fly drones in all over the place even if they can't right. get the drones back just to, to mess with them um yeah you know what gets me about this billy ray is that <clears throat> i think there still is some significance here uh, and um it, it it sort of calls to mind what i'm not seeing and and it, it worries me because I'm seeing a lot of uh, uh, cross vector vectorization here between some of the stuff that seems to be on the schedule for the new Bilderberg conference, what's been going on with the WEF and what the World Health Organization has been doing, along with most of the central banks, the ECB, the Federal Reserve Bank, whether it's um, environmental social governance or CBDC or, um, you know, ways to monitor and get all of our data. Um, especially with the WHO and the revisions that they're putting forward. They've got the two things, the revisions to the already existing WHO agreement, and then they've got the uh, new so-called uh, accord that they're going to be pu putting forward this fall. All There's so many similarities, and they all have to do with invasion of our privacy, monitoring us, getting us on an electric grid and off of petrochemicals that we could use independently, and then getting our, our monetary uh, transactions monitored. Yeah. So with all of those commonalities, that makes me wonder, what am I not seeing? Mm. And that that worries me because now we know that Bilderberg is so over the surface now. It's so, so visual that, yeah, they can try to do stuff, you know, but they know that they're going to be yeah, I, I can't see that they would put on a conference like that and really have some of their most nefarious stuff be possibly put at risk that somebody would get at it. Um, nice. So right. um, I, that that really worries me. But all the other stuff is very much you can see the common threads with all of these things. And it seems like they're they're really ready. They're so confident. And I think they've put people into in nation states into such desperate states with, uh, you know, incredible debt and things like that, especially the United States, um, that they're going to, you know, they're getting ready to switch over to all electric. And uh, that's not electric boogaloo, too, for me, you know. <laughs> right, right. No, and, and, and you mentioned a couple of things there. We're going to we're going to circle back around and it's. Uh... You know the 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 police state and the all surveillance state and what what they can do with this with this AI now and and uh, DNA's in the air apparently yeah yeah and um, you know we'll talk about that because I I did that's news to me I mean it might be old news but I didn't know about this so uh, we want to talk about DNA being in the air we're breathing it out it's all over the place and they're gonna use it Wayne McCroy what are you thinking about Bilderberg man Well I find it interesting a little bit intriguing actually that they actually held it early this year. Because generally they don't have it until about the first week of June. So here we are. They're they're actually doing it pre-Memorial Day, uh, which is an extreme rarity. I don't think that's ever happened in the history of Bilderberg before. And if you know anything about these elites, you know that they have very occult reasons for the timing of the yeah. things that they do. So something's up. So either there's something big on the horizon that they're worried about, that they pushed it ahead, hmm. 
or they know something about our jacked up calendar that we don't. So <laughs> either one of these options gives me a pause for concern with this year's Bilderberg. And all you have to do is look at the top three items on their agenda this year. The first one is AI. Mm. Second one is the banking system. And the third one is China. So Chinese AI banking systems, what could possibly go wrong, right? <laughs> so this lends credence to the idea that they do want to collect our data, put it all in a centralized utility and attach a social credit score to it. Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake about it. That's what this is all about. The social credit score being okay. attached to your biometrics, being attached to your bank account and every other piece of information they have on you. It's absolutely it, it point. crazy Sorry. here in the West. Mm -hmm. Whether you realize it or not, they already have a social credit score on you. It's just mm -hmm. not actively acknowledged or rolled out just yet, but it's there. It exists in the background. They've been collecting this data for many, many years now, and it's ready to go. They're just looking for a way to implement it wherein people will accept it. And I suspect it has something to do with a universal basic income. Mm -hmm. I think that's coming down the horizon here. And I think that's part of their plan. And that's probably one of the things they're meeting about. So I'm honestly expecting, based upon some of the things I've seen, something big is probably going to happen this fall uh, regarding the banking system or the currency system, AI, all of these different things involved with it. So we'll wait and see. I mean, I don't like to make predictions, but just based upon some of the data that I've seen coming out from people within these various groups, like the Bilderberg, like these people that are meeting at Bilderberg, it looks like something big's on the horizon here. So we're going to have to keep our eyes posted on that. It's been reported that uh, at least 80% of jobs will be eliminated by artificial intelligence in the years to come. Uh, what's going to happen to all those unemployed people? It's not the immigrants we need to worry about. It is the AI, right? So what's going to happen to all those people? Universal basic income, probably. And, um, and uh, <clears throat> a social credit score to go along with it, most likely. But I think this is going to backfire on them because there's going to be a lot of people with nothing to do. Just like um, just like in the pandemic, so many people, you know, went rogue and they did their own thing and they got their own businesses and, and they separated from the system. Maybe this is going to be a catalyst for people to break away again and in a bigger way this time and form new innovation that will you know, maybe push us away from the system even more. Maybe this is me being overly optimistic, but I hope it goes down. Mr. John Brisson, what's up? Hey, uh, okay, so a couple things. One, is talking about the Bilderberg uh, group uh, so important? Um, yes, I do believe that it is. Um, and it's going to be interesting who talks about who was at the meeting. Um, one of the most interesting things that stands out to me of the people that we know on the published uh, membership list uh, is <clears throat> Peter Thiel, uh, as well as Alex Karp, who is the, Alex Karp is the CEO of Palantir. Uh, and, and Peter Thiel was the darling of the Bilderberg group last year. Um, and so, you know, interesting that Wayne talks about social credit score uh, and, they, and, they, and they even discuss, you know, as their listed agenda uh, for their meetings covering artificial intelligence and economics and banking. Uh, Peter Till had a glorif uh, funded an app called Glorify, which was going to be and it was to be pushed by many conservative mm -hmm. um, 
media uh, pundits like Candace Owens, for example, uh, that literally had it was an app for your banking, your your mortgage, your insurance, but also had a social credit score where you could uh, rank um, uh, small businesses and corporations. Uh, on the app itself, it had a built-in social credit score that was within it. Now, that went under. However, I do believe that it got moved to what Elon Musk wants to do, which is the uh, X app, which is going to be the American WeChat, which will have its own, as Elon Musk said this week, its own financial banking platform built into Twitter that he thinks is going to be one of the world's largest. and will have its own social credit score uh, built into it. And so Peter Thiel and Alex Karp being there uh, with Palantir handling Operation Tiberius Kirk and the monitoring of the COVID vaccines, the past, present, and 10-year-plus future medical history for the United States, United Kingdom, and the United Nations World Food Food Health Program where they distributed uh, COVID vaccines or anybody who's tested for COVID-19 in a clinical setting has, has g- given the rights to their medical history over to uh, the government through Operation Tiberius Kirk to be stored in Palantir databases um, to be analyzed. Uh, it just does not surprise me. Now, that being said, though, however, let us forget that they have, it went from, uh, as Don can well attest to here, it went from anybody who tried to speak about Bilderberg, you were just laughed off. You were just marginalized, put to the side. Oh, this doesn't mean anything. What are you talking about? You're a crazy conspiracy theorist. To now, most people, because of Cambridge Analytica and the psychological and secular warfare that has been done, are open to discussing Bilderberg, which I understand it should be talked about. Don't get me wrong here. Okay, I do think it's important. However, to go back to your first comment, though, Billy, is okay so what about the council for national policy which don i have to give him all the credit in the world about because very few people who are conservative or right-leaning such as myself and don um uh or at least considered in that camp um will discuss the cmp and he did it in you know the american free press article and so again Where's the spotlight on the CMP and where's the spotlight on even their side of the Bilderberg group, which is Loss or Kell, which we know even less about, okay? And so that's my thing is, is to go back to what you first spoke, Billy, is Bilderberg's out there in front of everybody's faces now. It's not taboo to talk about it so much anymore, okay? But when you bring up the CMP and when you bring up the Loss or Kell, even among people who are conspiracy-minded, they cast aspersions on you like the general public did to Bilderberg Group two decades right. ago, right. you know? And so the world order has pivoted. It's pivoted to those groups. Those are the groups in the shadows that we don't know what's going on really, okay? So I'm not saying that pay attention to Bilderberg is not important. Do not get me wrong, okay? Henry Kissinger was there. Albert Buller of FISA was there. Pfizer was there, Okay. I'm not Peter Till. Like I'm not saying that it's not important to cover or to talk about or to discuss or to expose. All I'm saying is, is there are secretive groups that the elite have pivoted to, and there's probably even some that none of us even know about. Okay, we know about the World Economic Forum. We know about Bilderberg. It's everywhere in the public consciousness now. I think it's because they want us to focus on those. That's the only thing I have to it. Not that we shouldn't pay attention, but I think it's out there on purpose. I agree with you. I, I, I think um, while Bilderberg is still important, I think it's being given to us, you know, and, and maybe maybe that's my conspiratorial mind running at a thousand, but it's it's mainstream now. 
And once it's mainstream, it's, you know, it's presented in a way uh, for their ultimate gain, not necessarily us nine times out of 10. So I, I have to be skeptical about things like that. So when I see it all over the place, I'm glad it's being covered. But they're letting us behind a curtain for a reason. You know, um, and how many curtains exist in the, or, or maybe how many layers to the Russian doll, right? What, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And 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 I know about La Cal through Mr. Brissom, and that's about all I know about it that it exists, right? And and go go try to find some research on that. Go go try to find it. It's, well, it's head, the head of the vaccine program in the United Kingdom, Nadim Zawawi, was the care whole the the chairperson, the head of Law Circle mm-hmm. uh during uh the late 2010s and early 2020s. The head of the COVID program in the United Kingdom was the head of, of Law Circle, was the, the lead chairman of Law Circle. There's so much we don't know about the group. There's all, there's so less information that we know. But even that, among all we know about the pandemic, that should be alarming. Larsukel handles like the European Union. It's like the Bilderberg of the right. And the head of the vaccine pandemic program in the United Kingdom was the chairman of Larsukel. But who in the alternative media knows that? Well, the alternative media isn't talking about it. But neither is the media, period. Yeah. And, And the alternative media, most of the people in the alternative media get their news and get their talking points from the mainstream. Even though, you know, they they claim to not be, you know, to separate themselves from the mainstream, I guess as far as opinions go, maybe. But the talking points, they get them from the mainstream. This is a fact. We can argue this all day long. It's just the way it is. Um, I, I want to pivot in the interest of time. Right. So we, we, we covered this to a certain degree. I know there's many people out there covering the Bilderberg Group and the meetings. Maybe we'll do a special episode throughout the week just um, just to cover Bilderberg and what happened. Right. We can do that. Um but to your point about the vaccines, it gives me an easy bridge over to the myocarditis information that has been reported. I found this on Zero Hedge this morning. Uh, the World Health Organization warns of unusual surge in severe myocarditis in babies, right? Now, there hasn't been a lot of them. It's been about 10 cases that have been reported and that have been followed. But the thing is, this doesn't happen. It just doesn't. In babies, newborns, 28 days, right? It, 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 it's not a thing. And now, boom, you get 10 of them. Uh, one of them is dead. God bless that soul. Um, one of them is still in the hospital, and the other ones are being treated as outpatients right now. I mean, and this stuff is, is not good. It doesn't go away. But the key, uh, the key uh, bit of information that I got from the article was that, I mean, it's obvious to me. I was talking about, I was talking about it with, Tone, with Tony earlier today. It's it's obvious to me that you read that headline. Anybody that's in the alternative media is like, okay, what did the what did you know? The shot have to do with it, right? And and the zero hedge article goes into it, and and they discuss that uh, the possibility of how many of these mothers were vaccinated, you know, uh, and and possibly spread that over to the fetus, or how many of the kids were actually vaccinated. They don't know that, you know. But it's something to talk about. It's something to to keep our eye on because, you know, this is a thing we know of the word myocarditis because of the pandemic and because of the vaccine. There is an admitted link between these things. This isn't conspiracy theory. It is an admitted thing, right? It causes myocarditis. And now we see this giant spike, but they want us to look the other way for some reason. Don, what are you thinking? Well, I think, uh, you know, myocarditis, as you you mentioned, it's it's a term I, I had never heard of. 
before this, and I don't, I don't think that 99.9% of uh, Americans, it reminds me back of the, uh, the Gulf War when I remember arguing, you know, when they were, we, the, the Kuwait situation, if you remember, nobody had even heard of Kuwait. And suddenly I had my relatives and then a week I was talking about, they were ready to send me and everybody else off to die for, you know, what, what, you know, so that's the same thing. My people don't necessarily have to have heard anything. They have, no, they have no knowledge base to draw on. They just nod their heads. And if, if you've seen what's, uh, it doesn't surprise me that, that, that's now spread to babies because you've already had uh, things and I I've written about this where you've had elementary schools and high schools that uh, have set up like a, a crash uh, things for, for heart attack victims in school. They, they're preparing parents for their children, young children to have heart attacks or heart disease in school. This is insane. No one's questioning it. Right. And they refuse to draw the parallel to the, obviously to, to the vaccines the only thing that it could possibly be related to is that. But again, we this is something where Americans just, they won't put two and two together, on, especially on the issue of COVID. And, and my book about COVID is coming out very soon. Hope, I hope to have it out by the end of the month. We're working on it. They have to do, do the cover and that's all that's left. But, um, and I'll have the whole story in there about it, but it's, it's just amazing what people accept as normal after and this is all part you started hearing about the new normal which i first started talking about in my book survival of the richest where they they throw these things out there that are are definitely not normal to those of us who've lived long enough and they say well this is the new normal now you know this is new normal is uh, you know you're not going to get a yearly raise at most jobs that's a new normal that kind of thing so the new normal is uh, you know little kids can get heart attacks of yeah, course sure. myocarditis is normal so the these but people need to question it and they understand where it came from there's no, there's no logical reason why children and babies would suddenly be susceptible to a condition that most of us had never heard of before. But obviously, it's a serious heart condition. But again, it's just, it's, it's just disillusioning to find that the elite, and that's what I say, whether it's Bilderberg or anybody else, and I'm glad John knows about these other organizations. I wouldn't have known about them except for him. But yeah. um, they, it's, it's nice to know that, uh, that they, can, they can discuss these things that they want to behind closed doors if they do. And if they do do it openly, it's probably just a laugh at our gullibility. You know, like, like uh, we know now that Anthony Fauci was doing that. That book that came out talked about, you know, one of the things I talked about at pandemic that I used to say to everybody when I went out to a restaurant, I said, okay, let's put our masks on and walk in the doorway so the virus can't get us. But don't worry, we just got to head to the safety of the table. And as soon as we get to the table, we can take the mask off because the, the virus can't come here for some reason once we sit down. He was laughing about that behind closed doors about how idiotic that particular was thing was. And he was the one pushing it. So they are probably laughing about myocarditis and everything else too, because uh, I guess they have ghoulish senses of humor. But obviously this is not a natural thing. It has to be related to uh, their warp speed vaccine. What a disgusting human being Anthony Fauci is. So, right. What a yes. disgusting human being. What what yes. what can I say about that piece of filth? Good riddance yep. to bad rubbish. Good, good, yeah, be gone. Um, guard, what is going on? What are you thinking? It, I agree with Don 100%. You know, yeah. now this yeah. is the new normal, right? Now, you know what they're trying to push is normal now. And it is actually, right? Normal is a, is a malleable term, right? Um, so it is normal. It's normal for people to get cancer now. Uh, one in two people that you know will have cancer in their lifetime. That is not natural. No. It's not. Oh, it might be crazy. normal because of this crazy world we live in and everything that we're doing, but it's not a natural thing. This isn't supposed to be going down this way. And now myocarditis and babies, of course, that's absolutely normal. Nothing to see here. It happens. You know, babies have been dying forever and ever, guard. What's up? 
Well, you know, uh, and, and I, I just want to mention that being on here with all you guys is really cool. It's like being in a really cool basketball team where everybody's got these great <laughs> skills that you're bringing. You're like, wow, that was excellent. Like I'm hearing John saying some of the things I'm like, yeah, I wonder what I'm not getting about Bilderberg now. And John brings up all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, there you go. That's the stuff I'm not seeing. Um, but I, I kind of wonder whether Fauci was involved with the Maxwell smart cone of silence that didn't work as well. <laughs> yeah. Come on chief. We got to go. But <laughs> to get serious on it, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic grifting this classic gaslighting thing. Everything that's up is down. Everything that's down is up. So you get Deborah Burks, and I've mentioned this on my show a number of times, April of 2020. She actually openly says at the White House, well, we're lucky here because we can um, count those people who died with COVID as dying <laughs> from COVID. In the meantime, you've got real stuff to investigate, real lives being lost from myocarditis, from the people who had the injections and now looking at offspring of people who had the injections. No, nope, can't even look at it. Don't even right. talk to me about it. You've got a-holes like Anthony Fauci laughing behind our backs, getting our money, highest paid federal employees. Yep. And you know, there was something that struck me, Billy Ray, uh, that I thought maybe deserves some reiteration here. Over in the UK, same sort of treatment. The public officials at the NHS are just some of the most vile, low-to-the-ground bottom dwellers you could ever possibly find and this last bit and of course this comes some of this information comes from cart from uh, wales south southern wales on this uh, zero hedge piece but the last line really got me was the public health authorities claim that they want to maintain trust and yet they won't explore these avenues to rule out concerns they don't have to maintain trust that's the point they get people's money whether they want to or not they don't have to pay them in the meantime, you got a guy who's pretty much had his his old career destroyed and had to start up a new career. I found this piece by Peter McCullough from May 10th talking about myocarditis in young people. And, and I just read you this. He says, while uh, he says every uh, every cardiology office in America should be recognizing COVID-19 vaccine induced myocarditis presenting in young persons. Ninety percent are male with chest pain effort intolerance, arrhythmias, and cardiac arrest after injections of mRNA vaccines. As I see these patients, the common question is, when is this over? While ECG and blood tests tend to normalize quickly, my concern is that ongoing inflammation is occurring due to continued production of the Wuhan spike protein coded by the long-lasting Pfizer and Moderna mRNA vaccines. And, and it's just... It just goes on and on. I mean, you know, that they, they won't be liable. They can't be held liable. This was seen as as um, as uh, Sasha Larapova pointed out, and they've had on Children's Health Defense with RFK Jr.'s group, and she has on her own substack. They called this a countermeasure. They've got their they've got their immunity from lawsuits. They can do whatever the hell they want. It's just unbelievable the way they've set this stuff up. And and if people don't think we're in a fascist corporatocracy, they better friggin' wake up. It's it's and it's killing people these kids we don't know whether or not this information that zero hedge and i think it originally came from epic times and we don't know whether or not this you know this might be connected to the jab but it is temporally statistically significant and it deserves investigation and it's not getting investigated well cat goya in the chat says i'm making the mistake of assuming that anthony fauci is human <laughs> he's probably right as she normally is what's up cat how you doing 
Thank you for chiming in. Guard, man, you're absolutely right, man. This is a big problem. This is a big problem. All right, tell us what's up, Wayne. Well, this whole thing with myocarditis, what they're doing now with this is trying to normalize it the way they normalized autism. And that's a sad state of affairs because we should not accept this. I mean, how many more things are we going to accept in the name of the quote unquote greater good by these scumbags that are in these positions that push this stuff on this? And in my view, I'm done mincing words with these people. This is an active eugenics program that's been unleashed on the public right now. That is my viewpoint. And, you know, I, that's what I see going on. And I've seen enough evidence to back that up. They've always, 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 since the time of Malthus, talked about depopulating the world because of the, uh, you know, fear that we'll use up all the resources. You know, the useless eaters will use up all the resources. That's how they view us. You have this, uh, this group of people that seem to think they're superior to us in every way and that they should have say over everything that we do. And these are the ones that are in charge of the healthcare right now, uh, in charge of designing policy for healthcare. This isn't right. And we should not accept this. Uh, people should be up in arms about this because there is an associated link between myocarditis and this COVID vaccine. It's a known commodity. They knew it before they even put it on the market. They have years and years of clinical research that they put into a vaccine they were trying to pr produce for the very first of the uh, SARS virus way back in the early 2000s that they had lots and lots of problems with. So they decided to discontinue the research on it. So they've known this. They've had this data compiled for many, many years now. And this Operation Warp Speed thing that Trump pulled off is an absolute travesty and crime against humanity, in my view. So I, I find it rather interesting that there's still those conservatives out there that support this guy. Like, honestly, they, they really think Trump was the guy. He's the one that unleashed this on the public. And you know what? They wouldn't have been able to get away with it if a Democrat was in office. They wouldn't be able to. People would be up in arms over it. Right. But because it was Trump and he's a smooth talker, let's face it, he got the job done for these people. <laughs> he did his job well. He created epic division among right. the people right. and uh, took the brunt of the blame for all of this now. And here we go. So now we're seeing the, the harms that have actually been done to humanity. So this guy has never been on our side, folks. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's all a rigged game. Both parties. Both sides, both wings belong to the same bird. And I don't think you could see any more clear designation of that than what's been done here in the name of the quote unquote greater good of pushing this shot out on people. So now we're seeing the most innocent of human lives being affected by this. And it's shameful and it should not be normalized. We should not accept this as a normalization of things. And Wayne McCroy is bringing the heat. Ladies and gents, well, I mean, what what else can I possibly say to that? Like, I agree with everything you said 100%. It's really hard to argue uh, against the eugenics pro program at this point. And I'm sure there are people out there that will attempt it. Go ahead. Um, and maybe you'll see the evidence on the other side and, and, and change it. I mean, that's what happened to me when I was arguing 9-11. I was like, this is nonsense. And then I started looking at the evidence and I'm like, okay, I was wrong. Most likely. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it, it can really be. A eugenics program that's going on. I mean, we can't deny that people are sick left and right. We can't deny. I mean, this is the mainstream reporting on the rise of myocarditis. This is the World Health Organization putting out their statistics. Something is wrong. Something is up. Right. Clearly. Um, 
for whatever reason you think that is, we cannot deny that something is up. Excellent points, Wayne. All right, Mr. Brissom, what's going on? Well, okay, I guess a couple of things. So um, <clears throat> um, the American Heart Association mentions that uh, myocarditis in and of itself is a serious, though rare condition. So it's inflammation of the heart muscle itself, uh, where pericarditis is in, in inflammation of the pericardium, the sac that surrounds the heart, which can be serious too, but not as serious as myocarditis is, is inflammation of the actual heart muscle because your heart, the cells of your heart cannot divide. That's why heart cancer is extremely rare. And so once damaged, it's almost possible, uh, though you can take certain supplements and certain lifestyle changes to improve the, eff the, uh, the effectiveness of your heart, it's almost impossible to repair the damage done to the heart muscle in and of itself. Okay. And so if the inflammation is serious enough with myocarditis, it can leave lasting effects to a person's cardiovascular system and health. Okay. Now, granted, the CDC and the FDA are all claiming that the uh, uh, the young adults and the teenagers that got myocarditis seemed to recover quite rapidly once it was caught from the COVID vaccines. But again, they even admit it, and you can even go look on the, uh, uh, you know, um, you can even go look at the American Heart Association's blog for it. They say, well, the studies say we don't know what lasting effects the damage did have to the heart. Okay, so acutely they recovered, but what's their chronic pathology? Okay, and myocarditis in and of itself is quite severe in infants because the heart tissue... Uh, uh, the myocardium isn't fully formed and developed yet completely. Okay. So for an infant, it, it's very serious for an 18 year old, not as much. It's still serious, but not as much. Okay. And so when I tried to track down some of the brief statistics, there was a study that was released in 2001, stating that in a 23-year period at a Texas children's hospital in Houston, Texas, only 0.3% of 14,322 patients were seen over a 23-year period with myocarditis. So that's roughly about 43 kids within a 23-year period. Now, if you go look on the VAERS database of the reports of myocarditis, very much likely from the COVID vaccines, you would see that it's hundreds, if not thousands, of reported cases between the age group. And those are cases that were reported. The case, there was probably many that were not reported to as well, right? So that's a huge difference between 43 cases at a major Texas Children's Hospital over a 23-year period and thousands upon thousands, likely, from a various database since the jabs have started with Operation Warp Speed. Okay, so obviously something's going wrong. Now, that being said, though, however, most myocarditis cases are caused by viral infections within human beings. Okay. And so, you know, if, uh, you know, I, COVID was a bioweapon, which I do believe that it was released in different parts of testing, just like the vaccine was released, changed in different parts. Because I do disagree where I don't think it's eugenics. I think it's experimentalism, which is why they're collecting all this data through Operation Tiberius Kirk and Operation Warp Speed, and that they're trying to see what mRNA and viral vectors do to the human body. Now, ultimately, I do think that they're going to try to morph it into some sort of longevity project, which Peter Till has talked a lot about. And so I think it's more experimentalism. If they kill us, then that's an added side bonus. We're more <laughs> guinea pigs. Right. They kind of want to keep us alive while they can test on us, you know, 
But at the same time, if we die, then so be it. They don't care. Okay. And so that's what I think they were trying to do with the COVID vaccines and the different batches and why different batches had different side effects was because it was different um, mRNA technologies, maybe delivery systems, uh, you know, uh, different mRNA itself, possibly, uh, or different viral vectors that they were using outside of the adenovirus. Um, and I think it was to gather a massive amount of data to see what works and what doesn't work. And they did it on us. Okay. Which in and of itself, I wouldn't say is eugenics, which is the straight purpose of, of, of kind of like separating the, 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 you know, the, the lower class from the upper class of trying to build up one's, um, genetical line, elite genetical, genetical line, what most people say it is. I think this was more of experimentalism for uh, for them. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Like their goal wasn't to kill us. Their goal was to test, but if we died, so be it, who cares? You know, um, and so that's how I look at it with this. So, um, I mean, the myocarditis was just a, was just a side effect of their uh, tests. You know, we were guinea pigs, and some people, some uh, groups that got the vaccine uh, were probably more prone to it than other, depending on what was in the vaccine itself. Um, and they were mining all that data to see what worked and what didn't work. Uh, you know, because let's be real, if they wanted to kill us. They could easily introduce some sort of weapon or some sort of something into the food supply or the water supply in mass that would take us all out if they wanted to anyway. Okay. So I think the vaccine was more of, of experimenting on us than anything. Uh, but at least that's how I look at it. No, I, I think you, you bring up a valid point, right? It's, it's not uh, just killing us, right? Like, but when, when pharmaceutical companies buy or, or hunt down 30 monkeys from, from Africa or something, uh, they're they're gonna die, right? It's it's predetermined that they're gonna die. They're gonna experiment and they're gonna get the most out of those monkeys, right? Or whatever animal, dogs or whatever they they. they but those animals are slated to die. So if we are the guinea pigs, we are slated to die. You yeah. know, it doesn't matter. You know, and then you did say that that it doesn't matter ultimately at the end of the day what happens to us. But I think it, it you know that argument lends itself to to people. I mean, to the elite, not giving a damn about any of us, right? And they want to advance their own agendas, whatever those agendas may may be. And life extension is clearly one of them, right? So there's all that. But uh, I also think that we should look at it as a way that we, we, this is an, an assault on the people of Earth, right? An, an unwanted assault and, and uh, on the sovereignty of, of, our, of our bodies. Leave me the hell alone and don't experiment on me. I am not your property. And uh, it's not for you to decide whether or not I'm going to die. Right. So all of that, I think I think uh, all of that is in play when it comes to all of this. And I guess one, one last thing real quick, just one quick, Billy, I want to mention. Right. Is I agree with Wayne mm -hmm. that and I would assume that everybody would say this, including Don, when he talks about his Trump and steam project. And I think this was part <laughs> of it. And that's an excellent analogy, by the way, Don, is um if it was a Democrat president, like we, all, I thought, I myself thought Biden was going to win, right? It, it, I mean, I mean Trump. I mean, if, if if Trump would have stayed in, like they had to have Trump, like let's say Hillary Clinton in 2016, if Hillary Clinton would have got in, okay, this never would have flew. This never would have flew. All right, and then yeah. they had to pivot to Biden winning, so that the left would not, because the left would have pushed back somewhat if Trump would have maintained uh power so where they had to switch it off to biden right 
And so that's exactly what appears to have happened. Uh, and so I agree. And a lot of people put their faith in man, right? The Bible says we're supposed to pay, uh, put our faith in God in Jeremiah, that if we put our faith in man, curses is the man who puts his faith in man, right? So that's what a lot of people did was there's even people who still believe in Trump and are able to give them somehow through some sort of like compartmentalization in their brain and plausible like you know, they believe Trump's plausible deniability that they're setting up through Peter Navarro, which I heard recently was, well, Trump was fooled. Trump was fooled by all these people. Okay. And I have the, like Peter Navarro was like, I have the emails to prove that he was fooled by Fauci and Gates. And I'm like, well, you fooled me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't get fooled again. Right. And I'm making a joke there on Bush, but still nonetheless though, we, we, need, we need to remember that, okay? Don't be fooled when they try to bring Trump back in this time during this clownish election cycle, okay? Because he is, as he has stated, the father of the vaccine. He's the vaccine president. Don't let him get away with this. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give you closing thoughts, Don, and we, we got two more topics I want to hit. Um, we, we are approaching the, 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 the end of the hour here, um, but uh, if you guys can do a little bit of overtime, I'd appreciate it. If you can't, I understand. Sure. All right, Don, what's up, buddy? Sure, no, certainly. I, I agree with what everybody said. And and uh, what, what John said is exactly right. And this is a lot of us on the right and, and the left have uh, realized for a long time is that they use people on the right to push through some of these uh, now woke policies or whatever. Yeah. But in terms of, and they, they always do that because they know there won't be any blowback. And that's why you still see the, uh, the strange situation of probably, I don't know how many millions of the 70, 80 million that supposedly voted for Trump are still loyal to him, but probably half, maybe, I don't know. So he's probably still got 30, 40 million uh, supporters. And how many of them are, are believe in the vaccine? Probably very few. Yeah. And yet they believe in him. So, and it, it, it had, and he's, John's exactly right. It, that, that's what we talked about when Trump was president. A lot of this stuff snuck in there because Trump was there and he could be portrayed as, uh, and the, the, the the people fooling the conservative goes back to Reagan. I've written a lot about that on the Immigration Reform Act in 1986. So, oh, the Democrats lied to him. They fooled to him. And, you know, you look at Reagan's Reagan has always been was always an open borders guy. He never even pretended. But his supporters at the time, they believed everything he said. And he was a professional actor, unlike Trump was just a reality show <laughs> actor. But uh, this is exactly the way it works. They do they do they do these things that we're just kind of lost. And those of us that are like, Listening to the show and on the show, we're trying to enlighten people, but it's it's not an easy job, as I'm sure every one of you know. Well, I'm 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 interviewing a guy on Tuesday who wrote a book about Vince McMahon, the WWE, and Donald Trump. <laughs> Ooh, uh, it's, really? It's amazing. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big wrestling guy, and I think he teaches here in New York, in uh, in the CUNY system. And uh, I reached out to him, and we're going to talk about uh, how the WWE was instrumental. In getting Trump elected, and that's 100% true. It's 100% true. Um, I, I'm going to get video and post it here on America Unplugged uh, for you guys. Hopefully it happens. Every time I announce something that I'm going to do, it never happens. It so, was one of the reasons why I voted for him, Billy. I right. fell for it because I'm a wrestling fan, as many people knew. And that <laughs> meme of him, when, you know, clotheslining CNN that went viral, <laughs> I love that meme back in right the day. It was, it was great to me. Yeah. You and, know? and you so. loved him cutting promos in front of all the people, you know, yeah. and, and getting everybody behind him. Lock her up. Lock her up. It's the mm -hmm. WWE. It's Monday Night Raw. I've been watching it all my life. I know a wrestling show when I see one. 
Guard Goldsmith, I want your thoughts on DNA in the air. So this is new to me. This might be old news to some people, but it's being reported on Technocracy News and Trends. eDNA. So I'm assuming that this means environmental DNA. I'm not 100% sure, but it's eDNA. There was this, uh, this gentleman that was doing some research on turtles, and he was trying to find turtle DNA, and he kept coming across human DNA all over the place, just in the air, right? Yeah. And they, uh, they spoke to uh, NYU professor that specializes in crime fighting, and he says this is like catnip to, to you know, the people that are, are trying to, you know, to, to the police department and to the military. It's, it's catnip. They can't help it. They're going to go after this and make technologies, I mean, that are going to decimate privacy, whatever privacy is left. And, but this, is, this goes beyond that to me. This is the core of what makes you human. This is it, right? So what can they do with that DNA? There's already warnings about 23andMe, don't use it, right? Or, or, or whatever, Ancestry.com, don't do it, right? They've, they've uh, come out and warned about this because of DNA-specific weapons, right? You want to talk about eugenics. You want to talk about uh, uh, um, uh, yeah. killing a whole sector of people or maybe yeah. just one person, right? You walk into a room. And you have a DNA-specific whatever weapon, and no one's going to die but the people that they want to die in that room. It's just that simple. Exactly. So this is what they can do here. There's no hiding our, our DNA. I remember back in the day, Madonna used to walk around with a DNA cleanup crew. Well, good luck. You, how are you going to clean it up in the air? And now they've found this. They're going to use it. We have problems. At the end of the day, it's, it, and it's, it's a prison that's being built Um an invisible one. And it's and we've been warning about this for quite some time, but now it's even more and more evident that it's there. We don't have to see it, but we're going to experience it. What do you think about this guard? Yeah, that was a, excuse me, that was a really interesting article. And I got to say, Billy Ray, you know, when I was in college, uh, I did the data entry at a lab where my sister worked in Boston. Uh, it was a blood research clinic. And uh, hmm. at the time, it wasn't really listed explicitly. It was part of the uh, human genome project, but they were working on uh, genetically inherited diseases on the sixth chromosome of the DNA. So I was putting in uh, the G's and the C's and the A's and all those different things into the computer. I got to look at the gels, the, for, um, the phoresis gels and things like that for the weight of the proteins and stuff. I got to understand that pretty well. And uh, looking at this, uh, seeing that they can get this DNA, clearly uh, law enforcement is going to try to use that. Uh, um, a very, very uh, uh, obvious that they're going to try to do that. Um, the idea of invasion of privacy, they'll probably probably say, well, you know, the eDNA is so effusive everywhere, uh, spread everywhere. But uh, if they, and as you guys mentioned, this is a time of experimentation. They're going to be trying different things to see what works and what doesn't work. And uh, right now, there are a lot of learning curves that have been very, very steep. They're still on a number of these learning curves. And when I say they, I'm talking about the people who want us in a panopticon. Uh, they want us uh, under some sort of electric grid. They want us with our DNA checked. They want to know what we're doing and they want to know how to wipe us out. And if it can work that they can detect the DNA in the environment, then just like you said, they can put information into the environment to wipe out certain haplotypes. Uh, mm -hmm. When I first started to work at the lab, 
that they call them haplogroups now. Uh, but haplotypes are subsets of the DNA that have particular uh, subsets of the population that, that have particular variations in their DNA. So you can detect, for example, black people mostly are the ones who are susceptible to sickle cell anemia. Um, Jewish people mostly because of the, uh, the breeding within the Jewish uh, population, uh, they're susceptible to something called pemphigus vulgaris, uh, which is a, a thickening of the uh, tracheal um, uh, the, the inside the throat. Uh, Chris Stein from uh, Blondie got that. Um, Tay-Sachs as well, too. Same with the Amish. What's that? Tay-Sachs disease as well. Same with the yeah. Amish. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so with all that information, you know, there are a lot of altruistic people, uh, seemingly altruistic people who work within these fields thinking, you know, I can help people that drives it forward. You get a lot of investment, but the bad guys, right. They piggyback on this, the eugenicists. And you brought this up before, <clears throat> you know, if you've got eugenicists who were behind a lot of this stuff, if you've got the welcome trust that was behind a lot of this stuff, and then the stuff they were behind ended up killing a lot of people or is being used now to say, let's say with the eDNA thing, we can check in to start to detect people, um, then maybe uh, drawing a conclusion that there is a eugenicist aspect to this as they start to probe and they start to find out what works and what doesn't work. Maybe that is a, a good assumption. And I think one of the curious things about this is that life extension idea. Um, as they start to experiment on people and they start to get this information on people, you know, I met Peter, P Peter Thiel. He actually gave me his email address years ago. It was really weird. And I was at this uh, thing. It was at the Adam Smith dinner. Um, it was a great dinner. It was the foundation for economic education. He was invited in. Richard Epstein was there. He's a law professor from university of Chicago, very big on pri private property rights and things like that. So, you know, they were the speakers that they invited in. They were great. And he was a real nice guy. Um, but, uh, you know, when you get these people working in these fields now that just, you know, a few small mistakes can wipe out so many people, um, it's extremely dangerous. And uh, the privacy aspect of this was my first alarm. And then I thought, well, what if they start working in this the other way, which, you know, it, you know, in science fiction fields? Yeah, absolutely. Put something in the air that's going to knock out certain cadres of the DNA or whatever, you know. It's it's very scary stuff. And um, it's cure. It's fascinating to learn this, that this stuff is in the environment, this eDNA. But by the same token, you see some of the terrible results of so much of the research that they've had uh, with mRNA up to this point. Jennifer uh, posted in the comments on I believe it was YouTube about the number of babies who've died yeah. in the womb. Um, it just it's. Uh, you know, the alarm bells go off for me uh, just even reading about this and thinking about how uh, various aspects of these groups will try to take advantage of this. And you see that so often now. I, I don't need uh, the news. I don't need the mainstream media to tell me that this is happening because I see it around me all the time. Uh, women having miscarriages and all sorts of stuff surrounding birth, you know, uh, stillborn children. Well, I, 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 I see it. You know, it, it's it's uh, ridiculous. It, it wasn't this way before. I don't know if I just wasn't aware. I wasn't paying attention. I don't I don't think that's the case. I think it's just on the rise. But um, I'm willing to put all of that out there uh, just to for argument's sake. All right, Wayne McCroy, what do you think? Well, as far as this concept of our DNA and stuff being in the air, I mean, I think that goes without saying. Uh, wherever you go as a human being, your body excretes certain uh, waste products from it. 
So the, of course, that's going to have some type of genetic signature to it. What I do find concerning, though, is the ways in which now them realizing they could find some trace of this in the air right. and finding ways to implement this. And I, it brings to mind something I saw a couple of years back now. There's a large interdisciplinary project going on called Project Sense, C-E-N-S-E, where it's about setting up ubiquitous sensors all throughout the environment and connecting them to the Internet of Things in order to find certain biological features and other features within the environment. So perhaps this plays a role in this type of uh, uh, genetic information and stuff as well, uh, the collection of DNA material. So uh, not surprised to hear this, uh, but at the same token, it is extremely concerning because what is it that they plan to do with this? And they are actively seeking to put all of this genetic material and biometric material in a centralized database of some sort. So if they have that information, first of all, who is it that's collecting this information? And I suspect it's many different corporations, many different governments throughout the world collaborating together, trying to do something like this. So, uh, you know, when you have this type of thing going on and with the interconnectivity of society in the way that it is now throughout the world with uh, the Internet and with technologies and stuff like that, it's just a matter of time before they have your genetic material on file. But I would say in the meantime, do your due diligence to not give that stuff up to them very easily. Make them work for it. So don't submit to like 23andMe or any of this genetic testing if you don't have to. Uh, so. Uh, that being said, don't make it easier for them. They're going to figure it out at some point anyway. But in the meantime, just do your best to safeguard yourself. So we can afford a genetic cleanup crew like Madonna. But, you know, <laughs> do your best to not leave your, G your DNA, your genetic material around out there somewhere for them to find and do something with. <laughs> don't make you know, it easier. I totally agree, Wayne, and it's a double-edged sword, right? Because some of this, um, some of this stuff is beneficial, right? If if you uh go over to to Twenty Three and Me and they give you the medical background of it, it'll be like, oh, I'm I'm prone to X, Y, and Z, and here's what I can do to not go that route, right? So people look at that as a benefit. It it incentivizes them to do that, right? And that's that is the overall when it comes to this uh this new prison that we're building for ourselves, we're being incentivized to become a part of it and, and incentivized to not fight against it because of the comfort it provides and the benefits that it provides. Right. But we, uh, we fail to look at the other side of, of the, of the spear and it, it's being drawn like right into our backs, in my opinion, man. So we need to really keep an eye on it. What's up, John. Only thing I have to add, um, to everybody said is, is, we know that uh, through Operation Tiberius, Kirk, that Palantir, uh, through government contracts with the um, United States Center of Disease Control, is monitoring uh, the waste of every American citizen in major metropolitan areas um, uh, for uh, the COVID spike protein, as well as they're also testing one other thing, which is type 2 wild polio, mm. uh, which is vaccine-derived polio. Right. And that should make you wonder... Why are they testing that? Because a COVID spike protein, they could say, well, we're testing for COVID in populations. We're, what they're called, they're testing for environmental RNA. I know we're talking about environmental DNA, but environmental RNA is a thing too, right? So they're testing for environmental RNA through the water supply. So they're saying, well, we're trying to monitor how much COVID is in a specific population, okay? But they're also people who realize when you take the jabs, you're urinating, you're urinating out 
and defecating out spike proteins as well, too. Right. So they're measuring how many people are also getting the vaccines as well and how efficient the vaccines are generating spike proteins. But why are they also testing for wild two, wild type two polio? And it's my guess is the next pandemic, which you've already kind of alluded to, will be some sort of gastrointestinal and terovirus uh, like polio is. Damn. And so my guess is, is that's why they are currently testing for that, because they are setting up for the next phase. They found some polio here in the sewage of of, uh, of New York yep, City. That, that was through that contract. Right, right, right. I, re- I remember that, that, um, that they had found it here. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. So uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. All right. Last topic of the day. We're getting up out of here. Don, uh, you sent me something. I didn't get to read it, but I'm going to turn, turn it over to you. Let's talk about it. And maybe we can talk about Ron DeSantis a little bit and him running for office and making it official and Disney saying that they're not building stuff anymore over there. It's it's really interesting stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can get to that. But Don, what's up? Well, briefly, I didn't get to talk about the DNA. I just want to say people used to laugh. Oh, sorry, Don. My fault. No, people used to laugh at me for uh, refusing to give blood. And I said at the time, I don't want to plant it at a crime scene. And that's what I said. And Mm -hmm. and I've said it a long time. And now that they have DNA... I do worry about that because right. they could, and DNA is, has been a good thing because it's it's freed lots of people from prison that were unjustly in prison, right. but it has the potential. You know, if they get to the point, if they can find your DNA, you know, look at what they do to get people where they 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 watch, they monitor if they think they won't give their DNA sample. They they go and if they're out and they, they have, uh, they drink a coffee or something, they go and they'll have agents go out and get the coffee cup to get their DNA. So, I mean, as paranoid as, as I am, <laughs> I could easily see him doing something like that. But White Wolf had a point too, that who knows, maybe DNA is a, is a, is a hoax as well. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to anything, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the, uh, represent the, uh, illustrious Linda Sanchez represent. I don't know where the hell she, I think she's California. Who knows who she's representing, but, uh, she, they were, they had these FBI whistleblowers in Congress this week. And these are whistleblowers that, and I actually wrote a story for American Free Press, and one of them, they, the FBI has apparently been trying to infiltrate, uh, much as they do with the Black Panthers and the KKK and all the political groups, they're now trying to infiltrate the Catholic Church especially and trying to put people in there to try to find out who, who are the traditional Catholics. You know, who's, who's opting for the Latin mass and things like that. And they're actually trying to put undercover infiltrators in there. So that's one of the things to their credit that they were actually talking about. So they had whistleblowers and they're talking about them doing that, that kind of stuff. And one of the guys uh, was <laughs> this rep- representative Sanchez quoted a ridiculous tweet from somebody with his name about uh, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi was responsible for January 6th, which had nothing to do with the FBI infiltrating the Catholic Church. But again, this is you know, this is what they're doing. And uh, so the guy said, well, that's not my Twitter account. And, and she said, it's my time. Answer the question. He says, well, that's not my Twitter account. I didn't tweet it. She didn't care. You have to see you have to watch it and see exactly what type of people are up there and just tremble in fear that you're called before these kinds of people, because there is nothing there. There is no reason. There's no, there's absolutely no recognition of reality or anything. She kept pressing the guy. Well, do you agree with what this other guy who has your name said that I was stupid enough to believe was you? you know, my step, but that's what we're looking. So that's what the, the and so that's been like the highlight of the. Uh, but again, I, I would urge everybody not that Republicans are good. But if you want to look at some of these Democrats, it's just unfathomable that these people got in Congress right now. I mean, and again, that's my old party. They are the worst people on earth. They absolutely hate all whistleblowers. 
Look what they did to Matt Taibbi. Who, Matt Taibbi, I think, voted for Biden. He's a lifelong Democrat. He's certainly no right-wing guy, but he believes in free speech somewhat, like I, me and as a civil libertarian. They raked him over the cold. They called him a so-called journalist. Guys, but, and, and watch, just, it's interesting to watch this stuff because when you see where their mind is at, they clearly are opposed to, they absolutely don't believe in free speech in any way, shape, or form, although they're swearing allegiance to the Constitution. And they hate whistleblowers. If they're, and these are the people that, again, when I was a young guy, member of the ACLU as a teenager in the 70s, um, you know, the FBI, those are all enemies, COINTELPRO and, you know, trying to get Martin Luther King to kill himself and cover up the JFK assassination. That was the enemy. They love the FBI now, the left does, because they associate it as being against the Trump derangement syndrome thing. But I just wanted to talk about it because I think it's pretty, it's a pretty sad that even for our congressional representatives, it's pretty special to, you know, to mistake what somebody said for somebody with the same name and then not back off and not say, Oh, I'm sorry. Am I saying, no, just continue to grill the guy on somebody else's Twitter account, which is just, I think is mind boggling. Damn. I'm sorry. Like I would just, would be like, Hey, listen, not my mistake. <laughs> I didn't mean it, bro. I'm sorry. Guard, what do you have to say? Yeah. You know, I saw that footage as well. And it, it's just so exemplary. Uh, it, it, it so exemplifies, I should say, be more precise uh, with my language uh, rather than maybe running for Congress and falling into the same trap as those morons. Um, <laughs> it, it's so it's, it's it's so typical of the, the type of approach that they have. They've got nothing. They're trying to they're trying to showboat and they do this sort of thing. And it just is unbelievable. It's like the nadir of cultural Marxism, of postmodernism. Nothing. Truth means nothing. It's just, you know, I'm saying this stuff. So how do you respond to that? It's like, well, you're saying nothing. You're a fool and you're getting my tax money to pay you. It's just amazing. It's absolutely stunning. And when you look at what the FBI has been doing, as as you guys brought up, going after traditional Catholics and, and you know, going after the uh, going after the, the the folks who are actually going to schools and so on. Um, that all was generated by the Department of Education, by the so-called Justice Department. They approached this group called the National School Boards Association. They literally contacted the National School Boards Association and said, hey, can you can you send us um, a letter in the in the Biden administration claiming that you're worried that parents who go to school board meetings could be potential domestic terrorist yeah. threats? And then they sent all these FBI agents, as we saw with Matt Getz. I played some of the footage last night. Matt Getz, you know, to his credit, I'm a libertarian anarchist. He's been doing an exemplary job in showing what has been going on behind the scenes with this out of control totally politicized thuggish police state that they have created with things like the FBI and the IRS over the past 20, 25 years. And I can't even imagine if I had been involved with people that had been involved with like the Black Panthers or some of the some of the uh, some of the race marches and so on back in the 60s. I can't imagine what what life must have been like for some of those guys, some of those peaceful guys. And yes, yeah, some some people might have been violent people as well. But you know what we're experiencing right now. I'll give you. I'll give you a quick example, Billy Ray. My my uh, cohorts over at MRC TV. We just got shut off YouTube, banned from YouTube. Right. I literally have been covering since 2016 
this statute that was passed. It started in March of 2016. They pushed it and they got passed with the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2016, when Barack Obama left office in December. He signed it. It was one of the last things he signed. It's called the Portman Murphy uh, Countering Foreign Propaganda Act. And they used it in synchronicity with the Russian narrative that they applied to the DNC stuff, which clearly was not a hack, as Bill Binney has mentioned. You can't download data that quickly over the phone lines. You have to be in at the computer and get the data from the computer. It doesn't work that fast. There's so many things that they applied the Russia narrative to, whether it's the Podesta files or it's the Hillary Clinton emails or it's the, the, the DNC stuff. So all that summer, I was trying to warn people, there's this thing called the Portman Murphy bill. Well, guess what? Portman Murphy, when it was passed for two years, it provided $150 million to shell out to various media organizations, social media, anything that they wanted to be able to suppress speech. It went to things like the Virality Project at over in uh, Princeton. Uh, it went to NewsGuard, which is affiliated with, uh, with um, uh, Microsoft. And literally, I have had over the weekend to spend entire days writing 3,000 word pieces responding to NewsGuard because wow. they wouldn't click hyperlinks in my pieces and they were claiming I was lying that I was lying about climate change and stuff. So literally my tax money wow. was being used by them to suppress me and then make me work harder. I mean, if that is an enslavement, I don't know what is, but it really friggin' pissed me off <laughs> and they're still doing it. They're still frigging doing it. And what Don br brought up, that's the face of it. That's the idiotic stupidity of those people who want to continue an argument when they don't have an argument and yet they're getting my paycheck to do it. It's just, it's just insufferable. It's just disgusting, dude. And you know, as an anarchist, that's the way the state is, right. you know, you can't answer it. And even if you got some sort of justice in the system and they shut it down, well, guess what? You're still going to have to pay for the court system. How's that justice? So, you know, I, I, yeah. I love the fire guard. I, I love <laughs> when, when guard gets pissed off, it's the freaking greatest. Right. Um, I, I love when people get pissed off in general and they're yeah. like, when Tony gets pissed off, it's the best. You know, Tony's never pissed. At least <laughs> yeah. not on air. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he boy, gets pissed he gets... off on air sometimes. It's fantastic. And it's I love awesome. seeing John lose his ever loving mind. But I, I get that all the time. So um, go see. We've read the documents for John losing his mind. Wayne McCroy is always. Hey, hey Billy, cool. real quick. I got to go. Um, get out of here. Get out of uh, here. Bye, you guys. Definitely. Thank you for having me on America Unplugged. I just want to say that I got to go. Thank you, buddy. Um, I got to take my cat to the vet. Uh, and so um, I guess one thing I did want to mention. I don't even remember what it was. Anyway, uh, take care, everybody. God take bless you, everybody. See you guys later. Take care. We'll, we'll be quick. Bye. We're not going to have go too ahead. much time. Later, bye. buddy. Yeah. All right. I want to find out about that Tiberius Kirk thing that he was um, mentioning. Damn. I don't know him enough about that. I wanted to ask John about that. I'm yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, uh, Star Trek reference. I was actually yeah. going to point at you when when he yeah. said it. Uh, yeah, it has a lot weird. to do with. Uh, I think it has to do with Peter Thiel, to be honest with you. If I don't, if I remember yeah. correctly. Uh, but but uh, uh, we'll 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 ask John about it. He covered it once on the show, and and we we spoke about it. But I'll cool. back. Right. Wayne, what's up, buddy? I, I I don't think I've ever seen Wayne pissed off. I've seen I've seen him like uh, I've seen him upset, but not like pissed off on air where he's like, you know, scolding someone. So we, we got to piss him off so he can do it. What's <laughs> the point? Go ahead, man. 
happened once or twice, but not. <laughs> and actually, the one time that I was blowing a gasket, uh, I had an emergency and had to leave early. So it was only like a 15 minute live stream or something I did. But people seem to really love that. So I, I usually don't blow a gasket like that. But right. uh, I'll tell you what, this ineptitude that we have actually running the country and running the world right now. It's just staggering. You looked at these octogenarians up there staggering around, accusing people of something they didn't even do, and they want them to respond to that. Like, really? And, and this is the whole thing. We don't, in business practices across much of the Western world, hire octogenarians because we're concerned about cognitive decline. But who's running our country right now? Look at all these scumbags in Congress. I mean, look at what's running the show. We, these people are in charge. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, look at her. She's out of her ever-loving mind. She really is. And especially with something like this that isn't even related to anything remotely to the, the conversation she's having. Like, this guy it had nothing to do with it. And yet we're going to make an accusation at him and mm -hmm. hold him responsible for somebody else's speech. <laughs> I mean, think about that. But this is what we have running the show. There's no reasoning with these lunatics, and that's a lot of the problem. So they will do whatever they can to censor our free speech in whatever ways they have available. And they'll use things like, oh, I don't know, the FBI investigating the Catholic Church and trying to attach that to angry parents at school board meetings and all of this stuff. They'll use all of that and make those attachments to justify their actions for shutting us up because, you know, you have to keep people safe, right? You don't want angry parents out there blowing a gasket at a school board meeting and doing something crazy like those white supremacists and stuff do. <laughs> right? Uh, so like, this is the narrative that they push. Right. And it's, it's really disconcerting to see this go on on such a grand scale. But that's the whole thing. I'm, I'm with Gardner Goldsmith here all day. The censorship, it's outrageous. It's like they don't even consider... Anything you've presented, no matter if it's legitimate or not, they'll just shut you up if it doesn't meet the strict criteria that their algorithm says. All right. And that's that. So, I mean, I feel for you actually going through the trouble of trying to write out thousands of words to respond to that. Uh, and I'll tell you what, YouTube is something that really gets on my nerves because it's, it's almost useless as a platform anymore for doing anything oh, yeah. right. with any kind of meaning to it. So I barely use it. I do have a YouTube channel. Amazingly, they haven't shut me down yet. I'm waiting for it. But I, I don't have as big a reach on YouTube as I do on other platforms. So that's probably why they haven't shut me down yet. I'm pretty good at dodging the algorithms. I make it my business to subvert the algorithms any way I can. So that's my mission in life is to break the algorithms so that they, they can't shut us all up. Uh, but I think I just said a whole lot of nothing there. So I'll turn it back. <laughs> Shout to all the people watching on YouTube after that. What's up, everybody? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> you know, um, and, and I, I would like to think that if we had a regular presence on YouTube, if we had like an actual channel where we can leave our shows up, you know, we'd get a lot more traction. Uh, but we can't do that because they'll just take it off anyway. You know, that's a, that's just what what happens if you have to have a specific, meaningless type of of show. You know, uh, you, we do professional wrestling over on the PW Hustle. Keep that up all day long for the most part. Right. A-Track Brown does um, uh, reactions. This is a thing. People people like watching people react. 
to movies and stuff. I don't get it personally, but people love that stuff, right? <laughs> they leave it up. No problem with that. Flat earth discussion. All day long, they leave it up. But anything that threatens the, the status quo, they cut it off immediately. Yeah, Billy Ray, I wanted to mention to you, you know, I, I over with my Liberty Conspiracy stuff, and I know that, you know, you guys will stream at YouTube and then you have to pull it down. Otherwise, you're going to have your channel pulled, that sort of stuff. And um, <clears throat> so um after you know or actually even before that I, i've been thinking about what i can do with liberty conspiracy to get more um more people interested from youtube and i i wanted to do stuff attached to my star trek uh experience in script writing so mm -hmm. i was going to start that channel called former star trek writing fellow over at youtube oh. and i thought yeah it'd be really cool and you know we can talk about script writing and quality fiction and things like that go through movies and examples of excellent dialogue and you know uh, prose writing and stuff uh book reviews would be really cool i love doing short story reviews great stuff like that and i thought yeah you know that would be a way that i could actually cross pollinate yeah. and tell people hey you know uh there's some other channels that you might want to find and you can get a few people. Have you noticed that anybody, do you, do you have any idea whether people do uh, cross over if they hear about you from other areas and then they discover you yeah. elsewhere? I, maybe it's impossible to quantify, but have you, have you oh, gotten absolutely. any? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I started doing podcasting through professional wrestling, right? We started the PW Hustle here. Um, and, uh, and then I started working for Bill Apter at OneWrestling.com. And then I went over to Hameen Media, the Hameen Media Group. And when I started the Infinite Fringe, so many of those people went over there, you know, because they wanted to see what I was doing. And they're still with me today, which which I appreciate oh, so cool. much. So that yeah. it's definitely a thing, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not everybody, but you, you will get people to come over for sure. OK, so cool. You man. Should definitely go ahead and do that. I, I, and I'll be all for that because it's a lot of interesting stuff. We're going to do a fringe with guard on the outer limits and, and uh, oh, yeah. Star Trek uh, guard wrote for both of those shows. And uh, I, I still watch the outer limits today. It comes on comet. I got sling TV. If, if cut out cable, get sling TV. It's like 30 bucks or 40 bucks a month. Oh, and man. you get comet, which is the greatest uh, channel ever. It's all bad sci-fi or old <laughs> sci-fi. So they'll show sci-fi that nobody wants to that nobody wants to see the really bad stuff, and then they'll show the classic stuff along with it. It's fantastic. Oh, I love um, it, dude. So I, I I love watching watching that channel and the outer the outer limits is on that often. So all right, I wanted to talk about the Santas, but we're not going to do that. He's running for president. Uh, Trump and uh, and uh, Rudolph Giuliani. This was covered in in on. Uh, on David Knight, that they could have possibly been taking uh, bribes for parties. It's a possibility. Uh, um, what is it? Uh, Rudolph Giuliani is getting sued for that, among other things. Uh, so, yeah, um, all of those things will be covered possibly next week here on America Unplugged. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. I want to say what's up to all the people on YouTube, all the people on Rockfin, Everybody listening on the podcast, shouts to the dude, Tony Arterburn. Mr. Vince Agnelli was in the chat. What's going on, sir? Colin Wysong, what's up? How you doing? A-Track Brown, the Professor Chabella Vela Cruz, Mr. John Brissom. We've read the documents. Make sure you go check him. He had a very uh, thriving channel here on YouTube that got taken down. Now he is elsewhere. I think he might have restarted another YouTube channel, but uh, go uh, search it out and subscribe to what he does uh, very Christian driven, but uh, a, a lot of incredible information 
over there um, on both the religious side and the alternative media side. Mr. Don Jeffries, I know you just had a book published. You were on Coast to Coast AM doing your thing as you normally yeah. do. Tell the people what's going on. Yeah, the, the new book I wrote with Bob Wilson is um, called From uh, Strawberry Field to Abbey Road, a Billy Shear story, a different departure, mostly Bob's idea, but I, I did a lot of the writing and uh, we interviewed a lot of celebrities you know, my contingent, like Cindy Brady from the Brady Bunch, Sally Crook, the people that I go, my go-to people and people from the Love and Spoonful Wings and just talking about the Paul is Dead controversy and the Beatles in general. It's a, it was a fun book, easy to write. And the COVID book, Masking the Truth, how COVID-19 destroyed civil liberties and shut down the world. Sherry Tenpenny wrote the forward. Very close to publication. We're just working on the cover now. I hope to have it out before the end of the month. And and please go to Substack and support me. It's the only place I'm not shadow banned, donaldjeffries.substack.com. You can read my regular rantings and ratings there. Another another uh, Infinite Fringe episode with Mr. Don Jeffries talking about Mr. Billy Shears coming up for sure. <laughs> Guard Goldsmith, Mr. Billy Shears. Is he Paul McCarthy? McCartney. <laughs> Is he Paul McCartney? Right? Did Paul McCartney die? I want to know what yeah. you were thinking. Is he dead? And was he replaced by someone that's just as good? And give me your favorite Paul McCartney written song. Go ahead. Oh, man. Well... I'll go. I'll go with the last one first, and and I, I gotta say, I guess it's co-written. I just live, live and let die is just insane. Live and let die. It's That's like all Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. that song is just out of control. And uh, there's some live footage of him doing it in like Fenway Park because all the fireworks going off and stuff. He's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, I think uh, clearly Paul is, uh, you know, Paul is actually uh, Paul Simon. And uh, you know he just crossed over, <laughs> but uh, and by the way, Don, I, I heard that on uh, Coast to Coast. It was awesome. It was a oh, great, great chat. Really good stuff, and uh, it you. was fan phenomenal. So yeah, um, it was good stuff, and uh, I'll I'll be uh, ready to chat with you anytime about script writing, dude, and and Star Trek and Outer Limits. And I'll tell you my story. I might have mentioned to you about meeting the the guy who created the original Outer Limits, Joe oh, Stefano. Who was an amazing dude. So I'll tell can't you about that to, later. Can't wait yeah. to hear all that. Tell the people where they can find you, Guard. Oh, yeah. Uh, so probably the best thing to do would be to, uh, well, I'll do two things. First, if people can uh, search for MRC TV, uh, my cohorts and I, I, I'm on contract with them. I'm not a full employee with them, but I usually do two or three videos a week for them and four articles typically a week, uh, MRCTV.org or the MRCTV Rumble channel. That's where they're asking people to go now because their YouTube channel's been shut. Uh, but for my work, probably the best thing to do would be go to uh, Rockfin or Rumble. Rockfin <laughs> would be great. Uh, look for Liberty Conspiracy Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock in the evening, uh, Eastern Time. My substack is Gardner Goldsmith Substack. It's Don Jeffrey Substack. Don Jeffrey Substack. Uh, go to Gardner Goldsmith Substack and you can check that out. And you can follow me at, at Guard Goldsmith on Twitter. And I've got fiction over at Amazon. Just look my name up. Excellent. Excellent. Shouts, uh, shouts to Mr. Chris Graves in the chat. Uh, said he was at Paul McCartney's uh, Fenway show in 2000. Oh, you bastard. My yeah, brother was there. Lucky guy. <laughs> lucky guy. He goes to a lot of shows. I, I've never seen Paul perform live, but I did see him in the street one day. And well, I, I, did, I, I saw this, interject this. I saw him in 2000 and. I want to say two around in 2009, maybe two, something like that, uh, mm. for free. 
at RFK Stadium here because he couldn't sell it out. And my wife was at the grocery store and they were giving away tickets because somehow McCartney couldn't sell out RFK Stadium. So she got like 12 tickets. So we were like recruiting people that wanted to go. So wow, it was wow. it was it was extra good because it was free. Where was my invite, Don? What the hell? <laughs> I didn't know you that. <laughs> I didn't know you yet. <laughs> That's a good excuse. Okay, great. Um, he'd say, he he sells out the garden over here, man. Like all all, all the time, yeah. whenever he comes up. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, I'm, I'm I want to throw it back to you. What's up to what's what's up to the TNP? What's going on? All the contributors over there. What's up, six? Uh, Rhonda Tate, how are you? She's here all the time. We appreciate you. Okay, Wayne McCroy. This is my dude. All right. Again, what, what do you think of Paul McCartney? Is he dead or alive? Is Billy Shears a better songwriter than Paul McCartney? And what is your favorite Paul McCartney written song? Live and Let Die. I first heard that with Guns N' Roses. And I oh. thought it was an Axl Rose song. And I went back and listened. I'm like, this is a Paul McCartney song. I was like, whoa, this is dope. Wings. All right. What's up, Wayne? What's going on? Well, Paul McCartney has a lot more influence throughout the musical world than what uh, many people would realize. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, you know, whether he's Billy Shears or the original Paul McCartney, I don't think it matters. The man does have some very good musical talent, yes. uh, for sure. And he is an icon yeah. in the music industry uh, attached to the Beatles, that Tavistock project. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that's that's the story for another day. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I do very much like a lot of the classic rock tunes. So that's something that I've, I've never been to a Paul McCartney show, but uh, a free one would be the best kind. Yeah, right. that, that was quite the uh, lucky strike there, Don, for yeah, sure. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, at any rate, though, uh, the, the whole gist of the idea with all of that is uh, pick up Don's new book if you right. want. Right. Uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll make the plug there for you. Don. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's fantastic, man. I, I love, I, I literally love that conspiracy theory. I freaking love it. I love listening about it. It's just the best. And, and the, the Beatles, Tavistock thing or whatever. I love Paul McCartney's my favorite Beatle, man. I love John Lennon. But as far as music goes, I, I think Paul McCartney is, is a pop artist. He can write a pop song better than anyone in the world he is just incredibly good uh coming up is my favorite uh uh paul mccartney song along with uh there's a couple of others that are you know hey jude is right up there too you know um but anyway paul uh, paul mccartney i was about to call wayne paul mccartney <laughs> wayne tell everybody where they can find you come on yeah certainly not paul mccartney but people could find <laughs> me at various locations the alchemical tech revolution podcast is available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you find podcasts. I'm right over here on Rockfin at uh, rockfin.com backslash Wayne McCroy. All my materials posted there. YouTube channel called The Alchemical Tech Revolution. And I have several books out there. My newest one is called Autism, AI, and the Singularity. Mm. And that one's available now through Amazon or pretty much anywhere else you buy books. And uh, I also have a Substack as well. It's thealchemicalbeacon.substack.com. People could check out some articles over there as well. I'm in a lot of places, and I've been doing a lot of stuff, so hard to keep it all straight sometimes. But uh, much appreciation, gentlemen. Always a pleasure being in this panel here. We're good. we got to have you on on the fringe to talk about your new book. And uh, and maybe, I don't know, if, if on freeworld.fm, uh, which, which is coming close to being launched, I know a lot of you who are supposed to be involved in the project got emails from from uh, from uh, Mr. Josh Corey, who is the dude. Great. Shout out to Josh. 
Um, maybe we can find a way to link everybody's Substack to that, right? To 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 yeah, you know ch- channel people over there if they come on Free World. Um, regardless of that, we are getting up out of here. Wayne McCroy, thank you so much uh, for being here, Mister Guard Goldsmith. We appreciate you, Don Jeffries. Thank you so much as usual. Shouts to uh, Tony Arterburn. Everybody in the chat, you know what is going on. The real McCoy is here. What's up? They're talking about uh uh Yuna was talking about uh Ebony and Ivory. It's a good song. It it's is a good song. Uh The Girl Is Mine, where Michael good Jackson song. was was dope. Um, what else? What else? L- live and let die. Um ma- uh, baby, I'm amazed at the way oh, you another Venus and Mars. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh let me roll it. What is it? A band on the run. Oh, band uh, on the run. Oh God. Paul McCartney's the guy or Billy Shears, either or. I'll take either one of them. All right, we're getting up out of here. It's America Unplugged. You know where you can find it. Rockfin on Don Jeffrey's channel. We are live and then we take it down. It's up on the PW Hustle right now. It's probably going to come down there too. Um, but you can find the audio of it, AmericaUnplugged.com, AmericaUnpluggedRadio.com. Everywhere you can find the finest of podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Go there and find it. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. I run I run a little show called The Infinite Fringe. All of these gentlemen will be on in the very near future. I have some time on my hands right now, so I'm going to pump out some shows. Freeworld.fm, here it comes. Get ready. And we are getting out of here. Do not burn the place down while we are gone. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. It was a great show. Take it easy now. Bye-bye. Boom.